This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Shane on from Robot, and we've got a wonderful topic. It's, let me get this straight. You're waiting until your ATS is fully implemented before you hire? which is a fun way for him and I to discuss technology and TA and hiring and all kinds of fun stuff. So without any further ado, Shane, would you please introduce yourself and Robot? Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Shane Bernstein here, uh, founder and CEO of Robot. Uh, we are the world's first and only AI-powered job board for passive talent, uh, really servicing the other 75%, those that never apply uh, for a job. And you have to actually pursue them to go out and, and, and acquire them for for your companies so we've got a, a, a wonderful topic like we said and it's really kind of a playful way for you and i to talk about okay it's crazy that an implementation of whatever technology would get in the way of hiring but you've both with your previous uh life and, and being in staffing and this your technology the way you interact with folks what do you what do you see in their worlds that kind of gets in the way of hiring as it relates to technology yeah, we see a lot of, um, it's funny because, you know, hiring, I think at this point is, you know, quite desperate just given the where we are in, in the world right now uh, and all the things going on um, and, and COVID, you know, turning hiring kind of on its head overnight and then coming back all at once uh, and everyone's going after the same talent. Um, and then you, you talk to customers and companies and they say, hey, you know, we're hiring, we need people. But we're going through an ATS implementation over the next three to six months. And, you know, we're going to do that first before we look at any other tools. And, you know, any, anyone knows when you go through an integration, whether it's an ATS or a CRM or one of those, you know, really big, large, um, you, know, you know, baseline or foundational systems. I mean, these things never go perfect. It takes a long time uh, to implement. There's always problems. It really takes uh, people away from their core focus. And so when you're talking to talent acquisition teams and their core focus is putting in a, you know, for all intents, for all in, intense purposes, a, a database to organize talent uh, instead of focusing on what, you know, their leadership wants them to focus on, you know, pursuing, selling, you know, getting talent in the door. Uh, it's just mind boggling. Why don't we, you know, it brings up a great point. Why don't we have people that, that, that this is what they do? like not just in re- recruiting or HR, just organizationally, they implement technology. They just go around the company. And again, you're probably a mid-sized, larger uh, organization, but that's, it doesn't even have to be that way with a lot of SaaS today. You can have a small business and it's, you know, Sally's job or Jim's job. That's what they do. They implement technology. Then it's, that's what they're good at. They're really good at both getting it set up, stand up and get everybody trained on it and go move on to the next thing that it gets implemented. Like, why don't we, why do you, why do you feel like there's talent acquisition people get pulled into project management or technology implementations to begin with? 
You know, I, I really don't know the answer to that. Um, I think it really comes down to, to management and overseeing, you know, TA teams to, to getting them to be productive. Um, you know, I notice a lot of TA teams have, um, and I have a, a number of family members in the space as well. They have a lot of meetings. Uh, they have a lot of non-productive time. Um, and it comes down to, it's not about technology. Um, to me, it's about just management at a high level, uh, managing, you know, your teams to be productive, to be effective on a daily basis. Uh, and ATS implementation to me is, um, it's, it's kind of a sidebar. It doesn't even really, you know, yes, it helps organize. Yes, it helps prevent, um, you know, uh, candidates from being, you know, submitted twice or, or large teams from going after the same talent. Um, but outside of that, it doesn't really help, you know, you do your job. Like it doesn't help you, you know, increase productivity from, from, from acquiring talent. Um, and I don't know what an individual recruiter's responsibility is in an ATS implementation. Um, you know, the, the big person brings it in, you implement it, you set up the, the fields uh, for the, for, you know, to, to associate to your workflow. Um, so, you know, anytime we hear that, it's just an odd, it, it's, it's a, I mean, how do you even respond to that? Um, <laughs> to be honest, like, you know, it usually takes one or two people in the organization to, to bring it in. Then you, t- you get the department heads or, to your point, an implementation consultant or someone who just focuses on implementations within a business. Um, and you go, you go for it. Um, again, you know, when you're talking to, to folks and they know what you do and they tell you an ATS is the reason that they're holding off, it's just an odd, um, it's just an odd response. So it's, it reminds me of that, uh, that quote, keep the main thing the main thing. You know, uh, and the main thing for talent acquisition professionals is bringing in talent. That's their main thing. That's why they exist. And actually, that's where they're the happiest, quite frankly. I, I, you know, when we when we were brainstorming this topic, I was laughing to myself because I'm like, there, there isn't a whole lot of TA professionals that love implementations of any technology, uh, much less ATSs. And so uh, have you... You know, when, when you hear that with somebody, obviously you're not going to change their mind. It's something that they feel like they have to get, get into. Um, can they run parallel, though? I mean, is there a way to actually say, okay, you know what? Why don't we do this? Why don't you do yeah. what you need to do? And then we'll do this in parallel. And even if we keep track of it in Excel, temporarily, we'll run parallel. I mean, the thing is, most of these companies, they already have an ATS. And they're, you know, migrating to a new ATS. So point. it's not like they're, it's not like they know, it's, it's not like they don't know, you know, what an ATS does and the function it, you know, it has, um, you know, listen, an ATS, you know, as, as we evolve as, as, you know, recruitment professionals, um, you know, we're building out our internal recruitment tech stacks and ATS is the foundation. Everything else plugs into that. It's important to have, um, it supports recruitment, especially large recruitment teams. Um, the issue is like, you know, Okay, you're bringing ATS, but how are you going to go out and, and hire talent? Um, you know, how are you going to go out and, and, you know, depending on whatever you do within the recruitment? I mean, recruitment um, professionals by nature are doers. You know, we go out and, you know, we hire, we interview, we sell. Um, you know, our goal is to produce candidates uh, from any channel that we can, you know, get our hands on and, you know, get them into our companies. Uh, some way, somehow, um, you know, implementing an ATS is more of a project management responsibility. It's almost the opposite of a, you know, like a trait, you know, of a, of a, you know, traditional recruiter. So uh, it's just an interesting thing. I, I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, 
it's how you're led as a team. Um, if you're a head of TA wants you to focus on implementations and, and busy work and project management admin tasks, then, you know, you're not going to hit your goals or hit your quotas of, of you know, bringing talent to, to grow your businesses or to backfill talent to support your businesses. So um, well, it's, it's, it's interesting, parties. Shane, because it's uh, somewhat, somewhat argue someone, you know, folks that are going to listen to this are going to say, well, you know, the ATS is very important because of compliance and uh, stated and covered agreed. Like, okay. Uh, if you're worried about being sued or you're worried about, um, you know, unfair treatment of different groups of people, like, okay, fair enough. Like, like, we're, I don't think anyone's saying that we should just like, oh, let's like get rid of the ATS. Okay. Fair enough. But you said something that was really interesting in that, you know, it's not like the ATS is going to make you faster. And I want to key in on that because it, you know, it's been my experience, especially in the beginning stages with a new ATS, even though you, you went from one ATS to the other, to the other, to the other, this is now your 14th ATS. Um, there's still a learning curve, you know, to, 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 even though, even though, even though you've been in an ATS for 20 years or, 12 different ones, doesn't matter. There's still a learning curve to that particular ATS, which slows you down. And, you know, I want to get your take on speed, you know, as, as it relates to candidates these days and anything getting in the way of making us faster. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, technology is a tool to help us. And ATS doesn't increase your talent pipeline, doesn't increase your conversations. It's there to organize all of your candidates. Right. Um, so it's necessary, but it's not the solution. Uh, it's not the hiring solution that it's made out to be. Um, and that could be, you know, um, misguided, you know, selling or marketing initiatives from ATS platforms. That could be, um, you know, uninformed recruitment teams or TA teams that think the ATS is the is the one all solution. Um, you know, a number of these ATSs, the, the larger ones are starting to bring in other aspects that help with the hiring process, that help with the actual uh, going out and recruiting town and building a pipeline. But at the end of the day, the ATS is a centralized um, platform that organizes talent. And what separates productivity from a non-productivity is really management. It's still the, still the users. Um, technology can only help any technology, CRM, any technology, even recruitment technology, you know, can only help a company so much uh, at some level, it's really how, how it's used from the user. Um, and it's how, um, it, you know, it's, it's how a TA team, recruitment team is managed. Um, and if there's no goals, if there's no KPIs, um, if there's no, you know, you know, reporting, you know, any technology you have is going to be in, ineffective in your efforts. Um, you know, I think it comes down to the user at the end of the day. So uh, a few things. One is is uh, active candidates versus passive candidates. I've actually said to folks uh, on stage before, I don't believe that there is a difference between an active and, and passive candidates. And, and, and basically, it's a joke. But ba I'd come at it and I'd say, well, listen, somebody offers you $5 million to move to the Cayman Islands and run something. Turns out you're a candidate. <laughs> <laughs> whether, whether or not you're actively looking for that dig or whether or not they, that, that gig kind of dropped in your lap, eh, you know, it depends. And it's, and that's a joke, of course, but sure. what do you see with, with how recruiters today are looking at the difference between how we've kind of looked at active versus passive in the, in the past? So traditionally, I mean, active, 
it can go either way. I like to call them passively active. Um, mm-hmm. You're really defining a talent pool that, that, you know, moves at its own pace. Um, so hard to put, you know, hard definitions on it, but really the difference between active and passive is, you know, generally speaking, an active person is active. Uh, they are either, you know, done with their jobs and they're pursuing, but you would never know that unless they start to put out their resume or put alerts on, you know, sites like LinkedIn saying I'm actively looking. Right. Um, but an active person is usually going to apply to a number of jobs. Um, they need a job. A passive person is happy where they are. Um, they're not really looking, but I like to call them passively active because if you pursue the right person at the right time, and there is a, a number of different signals that you can use to, uh, to get a better understanding of that and have a higher probability of getting that person, you know, to the table in terms of talking to them. Um, you know, that's really, that's, that's passive. So, you know, it's, it's looking at smoke signals to bring them to the table, um, but they're not looking for a job. So you have to go out and pursue them. They are not applying like they used to the, the, uh, you know, the original, you know, hiring town is you put a, a, you know, an ad in the classifieds of the newspaper, they apply that became digital and it's been like that ever since. Um, and now there are tools um, such as robot and others that are going out and pursuing talent uh, that are not pursuing employers. Right. And that's really what we define as passive. And, and most of the workforce uh, in the white collar space, they're passive now. Uh, and the reason being is there are more jobs uh, than there are people. Um, so they have the liberty to be passive and be choosy. Um, and most companies to date are not set up to uh, pursue passive. It might be what they want to do. But they may not know how. Um, and so I think it's playing, I think the, the, the TA industry is playing catch up to uh, trying to kind of rework how, you know, talent is acquired because they certainly aren't coming in through, through job boards anymore. Um, and I'm talking skilled workforce. Right, right, of course. Yep. Is it, there was a at a period there was a there was a huge bias against active candidates versus passive. Like everybody want, just wanted passive candidates and active candidates. Like if you applied to the job, oh, well, there must be something wrong. If, there, if you're out of work, God forbid, then you know you know there's we couldn't be interested in you at all because something must be wrong with you. Do you see? Well, first of all. Historically, I know that that bias existed, but do you see that bias today? Um, in terms of um, yeah. passive preferring, versus yeah. active, yeah, preferring, yeah, pref- I mean, preferring see, one I think, or the other. I think today, because there's such a desperation to hire, um, <laughs> I think any candidate that uh, looks great on paper, looks great on the screen, uh, you want to talk to, and if they impress in the interview. Um, you know, you have bird in hand, you got to pursue it. Um, I don't think people have the liberty to, uh, to hold off on that. So I, I, I really, I think it's because of the state of the economy. And this is really the last two years, um, you know, post COVID, maybe year and a half. Um, you know, I don't see that as much. I think I used to see that a lot more often. Um, but now it's, you know, you know, if, if, if you're interested in the job and we're interested in you, then, then, you know, this marriage should happen. So this uh, desperation that you speak of, which is it's a great way of actually phrasing it, um, have you has it loosened up people's requirements at all? Like you know, it used to be uh, we look at a job description, you need to have worked for NASA, have a PhD, twenty years in this, and you know all these crazy requirements. Uh, 
but you mentioned desperation, which again, I think is a great word of thinking about <laughs> the current market. Uh, has, have you seen a, a loosening of the, in the job rack or in the description of kind of like, okay, we're, we're flexible, you know, five years, eh. You know, if they have three years, but they have great experience, okay, we could do that. You know, have you seen some flexibility there with as it relates to desperation? Yeah, I think you're starting to see that. I mean, you know, job descriptions, you know, that's a whole nother story by itself. Uh, it's everything in the kitchen sink. They're never really reflective of the job itself. They always give too much. Uh, some of these filters out there prevent, you know, companies from getting there, getting to see candidates and, and actually hire them uh, because of those job descriptions and those filters. Um there's definitely flexibility. I think it depends on honestly the, the hiring manager or or the recruiter who's who's overseeing the role. Um, some, you know, they they're stubborn. They hold back. They say no, we want the perfect person. And you know, the market teaches them. And when the market teaches them, and when I say market teaching you, you start to realize if you hold your ground too long, you know, as as you know, an employer, uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna hire. Uh, they're gonna go elsewhere, uh, and they do so. Um, the ones that are uh, more in tune with the market, have experienced the market for better or for worse, uh, they become very flexible very quickly. Uh, but there are still a lot of holdouts. There are some there are hiring managers that are not actively involved in talent acquisition outside of just their specific roles that you know appear once or twice a year, uh, and they're not they're not educated on what the market is currently bearing. They read things, but they just don't know it. And for most people, you have to know it, learn it yourself, feel the pain before you become more flexible. Um, you can't it, tell someone that, you know, they have to experience it for themselves. It's interesting because you've touched on leadership uh, directly and indirectly a number of different times here. What's leadership's role in kind of setting the stage or setting the standard for how fast, you know, again, we all want quality hires, state and covered, but, you know, how fast we interact with people, how fast we change, you know, again, that hiring manager that only interacted with the process once or twice a year they don't understand like what's leadership's role in making sure that everyone understands okay 180 days open is uh that's failure actually 18 days open is failure so like now what's what's the role of the either the global head of talent or the chro or even just you know go all the way up to ceo like what's their role in making sure that people understand how important hiring is yeah, I mean, it comes from top down for sure. And it has to be on a, a continuous, consistent messaging across the board to the entire organization. Because that's not only about the recruiters in the organization, it's, it's everyone. Um, just like everyone, uh, as they say, is responsible for selling the brand, selling the company. Um, you know, recruitment is no different. Um, customers are, are, you know, how you make your money. Uh, talent is how you also make your money because they're the ones powering your company to sell to customers. So you have to be uh, outward all the time. And if the top down doesn't believe in it, doesn't preach it, doesn't talk about it, um, nobody else will follow, right? Um, most people have to be led in some, at some level. Um, you know, even myself, I mean, everyone has to be led, um, has to, you know, we, we look at different, you know, whether we're learning about it through the industry, through trades or uh, through advisors or investors uh, or customers, um, you know, you, you have to be in tune with the market. Um, it's about setting realistic expectations. Typically, what I would suggest is, you know, let's say you're a new head of TA, you're coming to a company. You're not a new TA, but you're coming to a new company. Uh, first, I would assess what their current output is. Um, and, you know, every company is going to have a different 
you know, one company, company A might be very different from company B in terms of nuance, in terms of, you know, hiring, um, you know, productivity, efficiencies, number of candidates, but it's very similar to a sales process. You know, sales, every sales team has a goal. They have KPIs they have to hit. Uh, recruitment is no different from that. Um, and it, it, it's a relentless pursuit. Um, and if it's not managed to be relentless, um, there's going to be failures across the board. So, um, you know, it's, it's all in all the time. Um, and I would almost compare your sales team to your recruitment team. Uh, it's the best way to manage. Uh, it's the best way to get results. Uh, it's also and it's equally, equally important. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if not more important on the if talent side. Important. I mean, sales sales makes the car go. So, like, okay, fair enough, got it. So let's we won't we won't we won't diminish the importance of sales, uh, but hiring talent, which is kind of the central focus of this podcast, hiring talent has to be first. Uh, technology, your processes, kind of reorganizing reorganizing your internal talent, etc. All that stuff is important. Uh, it might even maybe even be critical in some cases, but you still got to hire the talent, just like in sales. At the end of the day, it's closed deals one, you know, uh, and that's what you're measured on. That's what you're comped on, et cetera. So Shane, this has been wonderful. Thank you uh, so much for coming on the podcast and helping us unpack this. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.